There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. SRB Media. Is it so you're lost in dreams beside the world? Wanna go? Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 13, yes, 13, of our weekly podcast, The Current View, with the idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. God, 13, mate. Have you had a good week? Yes, it's not been. I've been rushed off my feet. I've just finished work, made sure that the babies are fed. And I said, right, how out? I'm going up in the bedroom. It's our weekly podcast. A week's a long time in football, a week's a long time in life. But first of all, let's get kicked off with the numbers game. It is number 13 today. So let's talk about superstitions. Did you never had any? No. Never, never, ever. Ever had any? Yeah, I didn't think you would. I, I never. Never. Have. I've, you know, honestly, it's just, just not me. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't believe in anything. I really don't. <laughs> you know, everything comes naturally. Uh, yeah. You know, in life, and to get to the top, you've got to work hard. But other than that, um, I've never been superstitious. Never been nervous for a game. The only time I, I was ever nervous was when I was taking my driving test. Okay. You know, on my clutch, my left leg you was, was shaking like mad. And that's the only time I've ever, ever been nervous. How did you get on? And was that your first driving test that you was nervous with? <clears throat> I failed my first one. I failed, I failed my first as well. <laughs> second, second one I didn't turn up for. I got the wrong day. <laughs> so I passed on my third. To be honest, I mean, when it were, not when I think about it, I mean, after, when I took my second one, my first one, I, I couldn't believe they'd failed me. My yeah. second one, I've made a couple of mistakes and they passed me. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? You know, my, how, how things turn out like, you know, you think, well, I failed this one, but you said you passed, so... I remember when I passed, and, and times are very different now, but I remember doing the highway code and not doing very good. And the words from the female driving instructor were, if you don't brush up on your highway code, you'll kill someone. I didn't know there were sat, uh, sat nabs out in those days. <laughs> there was. <laughs> Honestly. And I thought, you, you, you've just said I could kill someone and you're passing me. How bad does that make you? Oh, dear God. Anyway, we better get back to football. <laughs> we better add, yeah, because uh, it would be driving everybody barney. Now, Magic moment of this week. Um, what was your magic moment or magic moment? And, and what did you take out from this week of watching football on the TV? There's, there's been plenty. There's been plenty. I mean, it's a, it's a magic moment with Sheffield Wednesday winning with the new manager. So yeah. that was a great a, a, a great result for, for Sheffield Wednesday. And it, it was a big lift for fans in the club. But I've got to give it to, 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 to Norwich. Yeah. I mean, I looked at Arsenal... Um, and Arsenal uh, cost me £918 on Sunday when they were 2-0 up. When the when the centre-back has knocked the ball out uh, edge of the box between the penalty spot yeah. 
and he's gone straight to the opposition. Well, Norwich did the exact same thing, but they passed it out differently. You know, and I mean, I like it to play out from the back, but that was a bit ridiculous when you play back through the middle like that. Yeah. When you, all you had to do was play it left. But the ball what was played out, and then all the, the movement from Norwich and then uh, Pookie to knock the ball to Countwell, and Countwell scored a goal to take uh, Manchester City on and go toe to toe with him uh, and not be afraid of him. Fantastic goal, the second goal, absolutely. So I'm going with that Norwich one. But there was, there's been plenty this weekend. You know, there's been some fantastic goals. No, you're absolutely right, and and it's something that I've said for 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 many a year. When you fear a team, when you sit back from a team, when you invite that team that are good to come on to you, and they've got creative players, they've got skillful players, they've got fast players, they're they're champions. They surely are going to absolutely smash you. Well, when when you think about it, Gabby, yeah. If you sit back, you're letting him have the ball, and you, you know, exactly. you're trying to defend and you're trying to um, um, contain him yeah. without trying to, without trying to attack or trying to score a goal, and hoping that you know you'll get something from a dead ball yeah. uh, scenario. Yeah. You know, whether it's a corner, free kick, um, or um, a throw-in, that type of thing. Yeah. Now. And if they get one early, you could get beat three or four, or four yeah. or five against, you know, your Liverpool, your Manchester Cities, you know, your Chelsea's. But you can go head to head with them and you still you can still get beat four or five. And that's what the, that's what the worry is when you play the top teams. Yeah. I, I've been, I mean, I played football for 15, 16, 17 years, whatever it was. Um, and some players were petrified. When I say petrified, uh, fearful of getting beat if we went to Manchester United. Yeah. If we went to Chelsea, you know, and he never used to bother me. And I used to say, come on, we, we can beat these, you know. But what happens is that the manager will will talk a good half hour to 40 minutes about how good the opposition is. Yeah. And when you think about it, you know, it's going to make, everyone's different. Everyone is different. And it's going to make some players, what are already fearful, even more fearful, and frightened of making a mistake. Yeah. You know, uh, so I'm like you. I do. I, I, we do seem to agree on a lot of things. You know, would would we be successful? We don't know because we don't know until we played that way, yeah. until we tried things. Yeah. You know, but at least we'd have a good go at it. We'd have a good go at um, trying to win football matches. And I'm not silly enough, you know, not to know how to how to defend. I mean, I, I watched. I've watched uh, Van Dyke, and listen, I saw Van Dyke up in Scotland playing for Celtic and I remember saying to Paul Wilson when it, when I was coaching down at Doncaster this kid's going to be a player yeah. he'll play in Premier League this kid and then obviously Southampton bought him and what I've, what I've, what I've seen of him he's done it exceptionally well at Liverpool yeah. but this season and even last season I saw a glimpse of him doing you know doing uh, making mistakes but when John Stone and Otamendi make mistakes, everyone wants to have a go at him. Exactly. You know, and the problem is, the problem is we, we, they don't analyse it right. Because the, what Manchester City's midfield do, they, they're risk-takers. Yep. You know, they're trying to thread that killer ball through. Yep. Right? And so when they thread that ball, you know, they'll all push on. Yep. And they can be vulnerable to a counter-attack. Now, they don't play. They play with an old midfield man, but the midfield man will get forward. Yeah. And one of the centre backs will join in. Yep. So if it's Otamendi, what's left there, 
he can be exposed. Yeah. And if he's John uh, John Stone, he can be. So people will say, oh, uh, Van Dijk's a better defender than them. They've got to think about it because when Van Dijk plays with Liverpool, they play a more solid type of midfield trail. absolutely. But protecting the back four. Yep. Right? Now, you, you're never going to see them get exposed. You never see the two centre-backs of Liverpool's joining in. You never see it. No. But when I hear people talk about it, when they could, they're entitled to criticise, and, and I can see what you know some of the things what they're on about is right. I mean, what John Stone's got to do is stop making the silly mistake like the Arsenal boy did on Sunday. Yeah. Because regardless of what anybody tells me, Watford only got back into the game because of the mistake of um, the Arsenal defender playing the ball, a stupid ball. Yeah. Now it's only a stupid ball if you don't gave it to your own man and he could have gone left or right and he chose to go through the penalty box. Yeah. Well, that That's what, I, you know, I, I could understand on that. But if you, if anybody analyzes it right and say, yeah, yeah, criticize John Stone. I'm all for it if, he, if, he, if, he's, if he's not doing particularly well. But Liverpool defenders don't get exposed like Manchester City's because Manchester City's back four are protected. Yeah. John Chevy, John Terry, absolutely great player. No, make no mistake about it. And I know, I'll tell you when you're great players, when the when when your fellow professionals say it. And when I look at John Terry, uh, Ron and Dino put him in his team. Yeah. You know, everybody puts John Terry in his team. But don't forget when John Terry was playing at uh, Chelsea with Jose Mourinho, they had two holding midfield players yeah. protecting that back four. And it was just a solid unit for Chelsea. Right, so it was very hard for to, to to get to get broke down to get broken down. So it, it made them look even better, John Terry and them. But they they are great players. But a team like Manchester City and the Barcelona's, they think nothing of uh, Gunho charging forward, not charging forward without uh, thinking about the game. You know, they want to attack and everybody wants to join in. Yeah. And they want to uh, entertain, so we have to we have to we have to be pleased how some teams play to compare to other teams. And then it. people will say to me, "Well, what what you saying? Well, why don't you say that about the long ball game?" I'm not against long balls. I'm against it all the time. Yep. And that's what I'm against with long balls. But Udi always when when I, when I talked about and and when I talked to you and you you both to, and and to be fair, when I've spoken to any ex former professional football player. It, it's it's not about you're against a certain way of playing. It's about mixing the game up. I I posted up when when Arsenal um, and also with uh, Manchester City gave the, the ridiculous pass in a, in a silly area about playing out from the back. There's nothing wrong with playing out from the back. There's a time and a place, place to, to do, do it. it, and the same with England. So if you've got and I posted this up. You've got your four worst players, and let's be quite truthful. We're talking football. It's a football podcast. If you're a defender and a goalkeeper, you're playing in that position because you're not as good as your midfield players and your forwards. End of. There's no argument there. So if you're playing that game there and the goalkeeper's got it, and the goalkeeper plays a ball backwards to a centre-half that's dropped to the byline and and you're boxed in and you've got your four worst players against their three best players. It's like, it ain't rocket science where you think that ball's going to end up and it generally does end up in the back of your net. 
I will tell you one thing, Gabby. Yeah. Right? You're not wrong on that. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. Port. Put a, a, a Jack Grealish in that position where that boy was. Yeah. This is what I keep trying to get across to people. Mm-hmm. Jack Grealish is so composed on the ball. Yep. It's so he's not going to panic. Yeah. The boy, when I'm with that boy, if you watched it, if you if you've got Sky, you've got catch up on there, and you and you go to the Premier League games. Yep. You watch it, the the guy panicked. Yeah. He panicked because as soon as the kid come, he, all he had to do was play play it out wide, right or left. Yeah. Even yeah. back across his goal, yeah. across the goal, right. But he didn't. He played it in. But if you watch it, you could see. How we panicked, and that's why I said about Jack Gre- why Jack Grealish is different from other other midfield players. Yeah, he does not panic on the ball, and um, the more you can get players in your team like that, then you've got less chance of giving the ball away. Well, we're on the subject of Jack Grealish because in our podcast we are carrying the campaign of Grealish for England. Because for me, in my opinion, and, and I think you echo those opinions, in my opinion, Jack Grealish is the most complete midfield player in, in the country that's English. Now, when I say that, <coughs> OK, Jack doesn't score as many goals as some English players. I get that, the box-to-box player. I, I get all that. And, and you're absolutely right where you try and educate the public daily and 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 sometimes people don't take don't don't take what you're saying and and try and argue the case about box to box players but you know for me with with your midfield players and like Jack Grealish I watched him against West Ham and I purposely just watch I'm not a Villa supporter I support Birmingham City but I love Jack Grealish and I watched Jack, and he was the only player on that park, a midfield player, that was taking risks. And yes, he gave the ball away cheaply a couple of times late on when he was tired, but the amount of running that the kid did, and his composure on the ball, his precision of passing, if he was playing in a good team, people would be looking at Jack Grealish in a different way, and if Villa had got a Two decent forwards on that pitch. Villa would have gone in three 0 up at half time. Exactly. Now on Jack Grealish. Yeah. This is how I look at it with Jack Grealish yeah. compared to when other people are watching him play. When he when he takes that risk, is going to be is going to be more vulnerable than a, an Anderson. Correct. Right. Yeah. Now you put him in. When you put him in in a Liverpool team. He's going to get more opportunities to score goals because yep. he's playing with better players and a better team. Yep. He's going to have more options. And what I mean by more options, he's going to have more options to play the ball forward, but he's going to have more options when he gets the ball and he cannot do anything with it. He's going to have more options, uh, other players being in around him, so he can play a simple pass. Yeah. And that's what people don't look at. They look the straight away... Straight away, they'll look once he's taken that risk to 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 to, to play that killer pass, right? Yeah. Uh, and it breaks down, and if they counterattack and nearly score from it, that's where the maverick comes in. Yeah. That's where everybody said, "Well, that's why I can't trust him." Yep. That's why we'll never win. No, we've not won no for, since 1966. Yeah. And I'll make this statement now. I'll make this statement now. We will not win anything unless we can get John Stones in there, not 
uh, not making silly mistakes yep. because I'm not I'm not interested in what they all tell me that he can't defend. He can defend. Yeah. He doesn't get protected like like Liverpool do. He can defend yeah. until we get a, a a world. And I'm not knocking the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper yeah. is a steady keeper. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between steady and being a world class goalkeeper. What's going to save you? Nine, ten, twelve, fifteen points a season yeah. by keeping clean sheets, because some you know your great goalkeepers are not in game and they pull off that fantastic save when it's nil nil and you've you've finished up nicking one and you you've got your three points. When when Van Dijk bought uh, when uh, Liverpool bought 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 Van Dijk from Southampton, I kept telling a friend of mine, I said, yeah, he's a great player, fantastic, but you'll never win not until you get goalkeepers. Yep. Until you get a world-class goalkeeper. Yeah. Now, Edison, right? Is Edison there? Allison, Allison at Liverpool, isn't it? Allison at Liverpool, Edison at yeah. uh, Man City. Until you get world-class goalkeeper, they're never going to win now. Yeah. Liverpool look a different opposition now because the back four looks more stable yeah. and confident. Exactly. Right, uh, and they've got front the, the front three. The 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 front three are as good as any any front three in the world. Yeah. You know, so for me, you put Jack Grealish in a Liverpool team, and he, he, people would think, well, and he improved him, uh, Klopp. Yes, Klopp has improved him. Yes, Guardiola's improved Sterling, but the player's a good player. He's yep. playing now with better players. Yep. And he, you know, when he makes that, when he makes that pass, nine times out of ten, that player knows who's going to receive it, will make that run. Because he knows Jack's going to make that ball. Mm. He's going to have more options. Mm. And like I said, not only more options going forward to play the forward pass, but he's going to have more options in and around him that he doesn't lose the ball as much because then he's an easy outlet. Yeah. That's what that's what our coaches don't seem to see. I agree. And and, and again, he can play one touch, two touch, or he can run with the ball. He can go past the player. He's got everything. Exactly. He's got everything. Exactly. You know, Aston Miller is a big club. Yeah, they I mean, are this is what I look as a big club. You know, you get everybody arguing about big clubs. I look at a big club, what fan base has it got? Yep. Right. Now, your big clubs up in trophies, they're special. Your Liverpools, your Man United, your Manchester Cities, your Chelsea's, your Arsenal's, you know, Tottenham's and Wolves as uh, years gone by, or yesterday, or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're big clubs winning trophies. But I look at Newcastle, there's the other one, Sunderland. You know, when they when you when you can get forty and fifty thousand people, they're big clubs. Yeah. Now not necessarily winning things, but that's what I class as a big club. A villa's a big club. Yeah. But until it can get uh, on a winning streak like a like a Liverpool and a Man United and a, a Chelsea and a, a a Manchester City, you know, then they're going to get classes that bigger club like everybody out, you know, everybody uh, thinks what Liverpool and all them are because they win trophies. I look at it, what fan base has it got? And if it's a big fan base, then it's a big club. It's just a matter of is the directors going to think big uh, and try and win things? Because that's the only thing what's up with Sheffield Wednesday. It's a massive club, yeah. but they've never had directors uh, what's thought about going to win trophies. You know, and and so until we get something like that, owning a football club, and I'm going to say something like that. You've got to, there's got to be a billionaire nowadays yeah. in, to, to to buy these type of players. What uh, the costing now? You know these football clubs. So it's great uh, that you can win trophies, but you can still be a big club. And Jack's with a big club, 
but and they are good players. I don't. I'm not knocking us because I think they'll do quite well in the in in, in the Premier League this yeah, season. Yeah, I think when what, yeah. What, what what I think is, if he was with Liverpool, because Liverpool would be ideal for him. Yeah. Manchester City, there's got quality in there. So whether he gets straight in or not, who knows? Because Foden's a good player. Correct. But how would you push? Uh, how do you push De Bruyne out? And how do you push David Silver out? Yep. You know they've got quality all all through that team, uh, through the under twenty threes, under twenty ones. You know it's a fantastic run football club. So. If Jack, and I don't mean to upset Villa fans, if Jack was playing for Liverpool, yeah. you know, you'd, you'd all be, wow, what a player this kid is. You know, we didn't see this. Well, it's there. Everybody, anybody can see it. It just needs to be playing with better players. I also want your opinion. of uh, my, my stepson, I just walked in and had a quick chat with Tom. He was there Monday night. He follows Villa around the country and follows England. He's, he's over in Bulgaria in October. He's a mad football fan. Great kid. Knows his football. I just said to him, I follow lots of Villa groups because I'm in groups because I do quite a bit yeah. of stuff with Villa. I, I don't mean yeah. Birmingham. Birmingham never really wanted to know me, but mm. I, I, I've interviewed Brian Little and Peter with, and I'm doing quite a bit of stuff with Aston Villa's former players. Now, a lot of these groups having a right Papa Jack Grealish, and, and a few of them, well, quite a few of them, are suggesting taking the captaincy off Jack Grealish and giving it to Tyrone Mings. If you was Jack Grealish, he was in that position, what would you think? I know what I think, but I would like your opinion before mine. Well, you, I, you know, Jack's got to do what he thinks is best for him. Correct. But if he asks me my opinion, him personally asks me my opinion, yeah. What it, if I was playing football today, I wouldn't look at social media now, only for reason why. Yeah. It can upset. It, honestly, Gabby, it's not, nothing's ever bothered me. Yeah. I mean, everybody gets talks about stick they get mm-hmm. whether it's you know whether it's the uh, black man or the scotchman or uh, european whatever everybody gets stick on uh, nobody got more stick than me yeah. nobody but i could switch off yep right he's not got to listen to other people because he can get people down i don't think it'll get jack down looking at him mm-hmm. but i don't know him personally yeah. but if he asked me if he asked me my advice on that yeah right People want to take it off him because he's becoming now a big name player. Yeah. You watch Cristiano. I don't know if any, anybody watched that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo thing last night. Well, I've watched it through the day today. Fantastic yeah. interview, and he, he will now come across a lot better uh, than what other, what people thought. Yeah, and that's the problem with Jack. He's a young lad earning vast amount of money, and and the Birmingham uh, in and around the Birmingham area because you you've got Birmingham, you've got um, West Brom. You've got loads of clubs in that vicinity all want to have a go at Jack. Yeah. Even some Villa fans. You can you can be the best player at Aston Villa yep. among your, your peers and a majority of fans, but there'll always be some fans that won't like you or dislike you. Mm-hmm. So he's got to try and ignore that, not look at the social media, because you can get into it, uh, it affects your family. Once it affects your family, it then starts to affect you, yep. or, you know, the players. So... I'd, if I was him, I'd try and ignore that, work hard, go in every day, uh, do extra training. I mean, <clears throat> on that Ronaldo thing, you know, for the last five years, he hasn't had a day off. He's worked on his day off, yeah. you know. And what Jack's got to do is keep going in, working hard, you know, keep doing the right things and try and switch off from the outside world 
uh, when he's not playing. And what I mean by that, he's got to interact interact when he's coming out of the gown and talking to fans like that. But social media yeah. can affect some players, Gabby. It yeah. can affect some players. You know it because me and you are similar. Yeah. Even though you like Birmingham and I like Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. we're willing to praise the opposition if they play quite well and, and if they've got a player, what we think, wow, what a player he is. I wish we'd got him. Yeah. You know, and that's that's my advice I would give him. You know, because other than that, the kid, I'm like you, I, I think he could walk into majority of teams. Yeah. And it would, it would it'd, it'd be a standout. It'd be a standout, because not because he's, he's playing, but it'd be a standout because the great players, what's around you? Yeah. Now, you were the best player at Sheffield Wednesday by, by distance. And, and you were captain. If Jack come to you and says, Terry, I'm taking a captaincy off you, I'm giving it to... Liam McCulloch or, or anybody, what would you have said to, to Jack Charlton? Okay. It's all right. A two prem example. Yeah. I scored 23 goals one season. Yeah. I scored nine from free kicks. Yeah. You know when we now they were bending them? You know when we now know bending them? I was doing that. Yeah. In 1979. Yeah. I scored nine goals from free kicks. Yeah. Nine. Nine. We played Newcastle. Up at Newcastle. And when, any, any player what will tell you when you play up at Newcastle, uh, maybe there's a bit more protection with it now with all the with all the four stands around it, but there'd be open ends yeah. when we played. So when it was windy, the ball would go flying all over. No player likes playing in the wind. Anyway, it was a really windy night there. The first two free kicks I hit went over bar. I remember Jack coming in at halftime. You're not taking no more free kicks. You've done. I said, it's all right, Jack. Let somebody else do it. You know, but it, now, because I know where you're coming from, it can affect some other people. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm just, honestly, you can ask anybody what played what played with me. Prime example, Blake at, at Birmingham. When you looked at him, you wouldn't want to say Dickie Bird to him <laughs> in a dark alley. <laughs> but I, it never bothered me. Yeah. But I said to Barley, I said, he's a complete nut of him, but tell him <laughs> he ain't going to frighten me. Yeah. You know, and I didn't mean that in a nasty way. Yeah. You know what? I know what you. I know where you're coming from with that. It can affect people, and it does affect people by taking. You know, you you cannot. You, you shouldn't do it unless it's for the right reason. Yeah. Right. But other than that, why 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 would people want to do it? Why would they want to take the armband off him? It's not him what's causing the problem. Exactly. It's not him what's causing the problem. They're just not at the, the level. Uh, with the top five or six teams are. Now, at the end of the day, and me and you cannot stop other people give, expressing their opinions and they're entitled to express their opinions. But I'm like you. Yeah. He will shine through and then what will happen, the people will turn around and say, well, we all knew we were going to be a, a world-class player. But I'm the wrong person to ask. You be, you're better off asking somebody. If we, if we knew somebody, when it's been taken off and how they felt, yeah, you know, but I have seen it with people, you know, get disheartened and, and heads get down and 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 things like that. But uh, I'm hoping he's, he's a strong man, and he look. And to be honest, he does look a strong man. Yeah, you know, so he, he can handle it if, if they did take it off him. Well, you that, know, but uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't make it any difference to him personally. Yeah. I don't think it would. But you just don't know, Gabby. You really don't know. No, you don't. I mean, I just talked to Tom and was on about that. And I said, if I was Grealish and they took it off me, I'd put a transfer request in. 
<laughs> that, that, that's the way I'd look at it. You, you, you're, you're disrespecting me. You've given me the captain, so you've given me that. You're taking it off. You're making an idiot of me. I'd, I'd put a transfer request in if the gaffer um, took the captain's armband off me. But again, I think we're all I different. Think, I think him and Dean Smith get on really well, and and, oh. and I've listened to Dean Smith yeah. speak about him, and he, he speaks very, very highly of him. And even he says, you know, he can go play. He can go and play in any team. You yeah. know, uh, but he, you see, <sighs> reporters have got a job to do. Yeah, pundits have got a job to do, right? But it, sometimes it's them what can get a player dropped from the team. Yeah, definitely. Or get the captain's armband off it. Yeah. Because it, you, when you hear people turn around and say they're so disorganised. Yeah. Now, have you just seen the quality of the ball? What's gone in? I know. And choose what you do. You yeah. would never going to stop that goal because the, the quality of the ball. Mm. Now, when it's a mistake, I get that. I get it. But to say the disorganised, you know, I mean, Manchester City's first goal, no, first goal against Manchester City. You know, that zonal marking. I mean, I don't like the zonal marking no, because your job is, as a manager, you take Jack Grealish. Yeah. And if he gets before, if he gets there before you, then we know it's your fault. Right now, if he gets there and it's a quality ball, I will hold my hands up and say, "Forget it, Gabby." You know, you couldn't, you could do nothing about that. That was a quality ball. But they don't even say when it, they don't even see when it's a quality ball. Some of these pundits, they'll just say it's bad marking. Yeah. You know, so look, the kid, the kid's a great player. I, I think he's going to play uh, for one of the big teams. When I say one of the big teams, he's going to play for one of the teams what's going to be competing for European uh, Champions Leagues and leagues and uh, FA Cups, you know, uh, Europa Cups. He's going to play for one of those teams within the next couple of years. That's my opinion of him. You mentioned free kicks probably five or six minutes ago. Let's talk about Jack, not Grealish, but Jack Charlton. When uh, he took you guys to one side, and he almost invented his own free kick, didn't he? And and you 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 were rolling around <laughs> laughing when you're at it. Well, that that was the incident when um, yeah. when we uh, played up at Newcastle. Yeah, exactly. It, it, we got beat one nil. Yeah, and uh, imagine this in your head, this Gabby. It's uh, coming after the dressing room. In 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 my day, you know, T. Uh, Teacups would be flying. Tea would be flying all over. You know, water bottles would be flying all over. Was he really fiery, Jack? Did he do, oh, did he do yeah. oh, yes, he was. <laughs> oh, yes, he was. When he when he wanted to be, yeah. you know. There'll be times when you get beat and, and he's saying, well, look, he didn't deserve to get beat, but if we hadn't played particularly well, yeah. oh, he would drip into you. Anyway, he'd drip into me, he drip into me this night. But, oh, but, but not because, we, we absolutely battered Newcastle. Yeah. Right? But because we got beat and it's his own town club, you know, it was my focus at free kicks. And he yeah. come in, you will never take another free kick from me. That's you done with free kick from me. And I just turned around and said to him, let somebody else take him, Jack. But it, there'd be a swear word in that, you know. <laughs> I said, let somebody else take him. Anyway, the next day, he, he had us all in. Because usually after a game, you get a day off. Yeah. So we're all in. Like, imagine this in your head. Jack, six foot three, six foot four. Right. And he's coming walking across the training pitch. Right. The tracksuit is about four to five inches above his ankles. He's got one football sock on and one, and one uh, ordinary sock, right, with a pair of football boots. And he's 
combing his, well, combing his hair, he's, he's pushing his hair over with his arm. Yeah. So when he gets down, and I'm half laughing, right? And as I'm laughing, it sets other people off laughing. Yep. So when everybody starts laughing, you know, uh, it becomes awkward. He said, if you're not going to do this right, you might as well get into the uh, changing rooms and get a shower. Anyway, we stop laughing. He said, right, I've had a dream. And this, and don't forget, Jack's got every uh, coaching badge out yep. at that time. He said, I've had a dream, right? You're not going to be on free kicks, TC. I'm, I'm going to put Mega on it. But I want a wall. So he put a wall up and he said, I want you and Bano to be standing in front of the wall. And I want you to come to run, run towards me. And as you come to run towards me, I want you to bend. And I'm going to whip this onto your back or onto Bano's back and it's going to go into goals. <laughs> right? Now, if I'm telling you a lie, there's Bob Boulder there, there's Mick Picker in there, there's Mel Sterling there, there's Gary Megs in there, uh, there's Ian Meller there, there's Andy McCulloch there, there's Ray Blackhall there. All the lads are there. So if I'm telling you a lie, they will prove that I I'm not lying about it. Yeah. The ball... Hits Mano on the back and goes into net. I couldn't stop laughing. He said everybody, so he sent me off off at training ground. Not for you know being disruptive, but yeah. I couldn't stop laughing. You know when you could, you know, and it came off. So after training, so we all used to go down at cafe and get a, a cup of tea and a bacon sandwich or a bit of cheese on toast, whatever we had uh, after training. We all, we'd all used to congregate in a cafe. And one of the lads, I think, Mego, was it Bano turned and I said, is he serious, TC, about doing that? <laughs> I said, look, we all know what Jack's like, you know. He said, we didn't, we're not going to try that. And I don't think we did try it, yeah. you know. But it's unbelievable how the things run these things up, you know. But that's a true story. Yeah. And I mean a true story. He was Unbelievable. He was he was different class, wasn't he, Jack? He oh, was... I didn't like the way how we played. No, no. Yeah. He's my favourite manager. Yeah. Uh, to go out, him and well, I mean, our Kendall, what you could have a right to good night out with, but Jack would have laughed. And he, yeah. I think Jack didn't realize how funny he was, mm. you know. He'd say something, we'd all start laughing, and he didn't realize it, it was funny what he was saying, yeah, you know. So, I, I love Jack the bit. I didn't like the way he, he wanted us to play football, but there's one thing I gave 100% for Jack Charlton, yeah, you know, because. I did respect him. You know, when you win the World Cup and when you won league titles and, and everything, FA Cups and league cups, you've got to show that respect. And you, listen, when the, when the man's, when a football manager or an ex-player becomes a manager and he's won those things, you know, 99.9%, you, you do give him that respect. Yeah. So I, I did love Jack as a person. He's my favourite manager as a person. Let's go from Jack to Jock. And we, uh, we're following your, your nipper. Uh, Jack Curran, every every week we're looking at his progress. A professional footballer at Grimsby Town, currently on loan at Lincoln. Stop laughing, TC. You and the missus went for a glass of wine on his last game. Did it get any better this week for Jack? No. Oh, okay. They got beat again. Oh, my God. Right? And they didn't bring him on. And oh, you see... I can see why they don't bring him on. Yeah. Because the way how they're playing and they're at bottom at league and it's yeah. just a big lump up front. Yeah. Point. You know. And when I say this, people say, "Well, they should be saying, well, what, what? How do I describe it? Yeah. They're playing out from the back. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's it. It. it they get it. They just kick it forward. 
people chase chase the ball up and it gets kicked back. So uh, the, 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 the fright to play the young kids and get the ball down and play it. So that's what is happening. So uh, I wasn't going to go down, uh, but I said to Tom, his brother, my, my eldest son, yeah. I said, we're going to go down and give him some support. I said, but he's not playing. Uh, and we'll see what weather's like um, when we get down there. And we'll go in. We'll go into the bar and we'll watch uh, Sky Sports results. Yeah. Soccer Saturday. But the cricket was on when we got there because there's a cricket ground uh, attached to it. Yeah. Well, just at the side of it. So we finished up having a glass of wine and watching cricket. So and then we went into the second half. You know, but after two minutes, we were one goal down. Yeah. Um. But what can I say? I can only tell you the truth. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a poor, it's a poor team, and it's it's poor football. It, you know, I'm not going to go in there and pay ten pound, and I'm not tight with money. I'm not going to go in there yeah. and pay ten pound to watch that. Uh, like I said, I don't mind paying sixty pound to watch a Manchester City or a Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. but I don't want to pay ten pound to watch that. And it, I mean, it's not football I like. So. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard for them. It's hard for the manager because the results are not coming. Uh, then people are fearful of losing. So mm-hmm. I can only tell you, I can only tell you as I see it and, and, and the truth of it. Um, but until he gets that body, until he grows into a man's body, yeah, right. Until his body grows into a man's body, you know, uh, is, is going to struggle there. I guarantee the way how they play. Yeah. He's got to be playing with the team. What's going to get the ball down and, and, and play? But, but once his body fills out, Gabby, I guarantee you, the kid's a player. Yeah. I will say that. He is a, he's going to be a decent player. He's definitely one to watch. And I know that yes, a lot of people... Yes, definitely one to watch. People I promise on your, you that. On your Facebook pages are always asking... Here's, a prime, here's one for you. Here's, here's one for you. <clears throat> right? Um, Mason Greenwood. Yes, Man United. He, he's he's a... talking about him today. Yeah. Best finisher he's seen. Okay. I said I played with some. I played with some great players. I'm watching Jock. Jock was 13, yep. 12. Greenwood is a year younger than Jock. Yeah. So I'm watching Jock. Right. In one of these uh, summer soccer tournaments, when the kids. Yeah. And there's four or five games going off. Mm-hmm. I turns around. I'm watching this team here. I thought, you know, this kid looks a player. Tony, who's now got the uh, black Tony. Who's gone to Manchester City, but he's a, he was scout at Manchester United. Right? I goes across and I said, Tony, there's a kid there. Right? And I know a couple of the Leeds fans, Leeds uh, scouts, what were there. And I said, to, I said to Tony, I said, look, he's a Man United player. Yep. Right? He was 12. Yeah. Right? So, is Jock going to be like him? Not until he fills that body out. But he, this kid's body is filled out at that age. Yeah. You know, it was way above. But he's kept pro- progressing, yep. Mason Greenwood. So that uh, that's the type of player. What I tell, what I, what I said to Tony, uh, who now is a scout for Manchester City, could get that kid. He said, "Are you sure, Terry?" I said, "Neither am I sure." He's a man. He's a Man United player, you know. So I'm not a bad judge of a, a player. I, I played with a kid at Huddersfield uh, called Phil Wilson and uh, Dennis Oates, who was who was from the next village up. And there were a kid there at Leeds. And I says to Phil, Phil, you've got to get this kid into academy because he was in develop, de- development. And Phil was only a small lad, no no bigger than uh, Billy Bremner and them, but yeah. stocky like they were. And he said, 
yeah, I've seen him, Terry. He says, uh, he's not bad, but he's too small. Yeah. Know that kid? Know what that name is? Anyway, I went to see Terry Potter. I said, listen, Terry, this kid, you need to get him in, into your uh, academy. All right? Yep. He said, are you sure, Terry? Anyway, they've got him. Jamie Shackleton. <laughs> All right? Yeah. Phil's played the game. Yeah. It's too small. Now, if they're too small and they're not good enough, I get it. Yeah. But you know when they're small and they're good? So when I tell you Jock's going to be a player, he'll be a player. I, t- I, t- I tell my eldest son, so Thomas, never going to be a footballer. Forget it. Take yeah. up snooker. You know. Do you know why I told him to take up snooker? Because he got a good left foot. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> but he's that idle. He doesn't get out of bed until four o'clock. <laughs> So he's no good in playing football because he's not going to run around on a football field. And his mother said to me, why you said that? For him? I said, because I'm telling him the truth. I'm not like other parents what's going to kill him. So yeah. when he gets to 16, he starts crying. You tell me I was going to be a good footballer. Yeah. You know, you have to be honest with him. Yeah, 100%. So, so uh, I will keep you informed with Jock and I will let you know the truth about him. I'm not going to beat behind the bush. Yeah. You know, the way how they play, it's no good to him because it's just, it's just, 60 yard boots upfield and it comes back and back and back and that's all it's doing so uh, when, when I say uh, those type of players I recommended look look where they are now Jock will be a player he will be a player but he's more behind them because of his physicality side of him yeah and this is what I always say about former pros and football clubs, why they don't engage more with you guys, it's beyond, it beggars belief. Because you know what it takes to be a player because you were a player and you've been in that environment since you were a nipper. Well, yeah, but even some players, what's played the game? I mean, I see some of the players, what these people sign, and I think they were saying, what planet are these come from? Are these come from Mars or something? Because, you know, who, still, who said these were players? You know, and it, you know, it takes all sorts yep. of players to make a football team. I get that. Yep. You've got to have the right balance in it. Yep. You know, and like I said to you, there is no point, there is no point a Tony Adams going working at Wickham Wonders. There is no point no. because it, he's going to have to play how they, how they play. Yep. He's going to have to play his team's going to have to play how they play. Because when he's been when he's at Arsenal and they're telling him to do one thing, once I've told him, that's it, it's done. You're having to repeat yourself at that level. Yeah. I played at that level. That was my first club, Doncaster Rovers. So I played all the way through. So I know what, what it's like to be at that level. I know what it's like to be at that level. But if you've been at that level all your life, through the academies and everything else nowadays, it's hard for them to go and coach at that level. That's why I was glad that Gerard's gone in at, at Rangers and Lampard went in at Derby. Yeah. And they've, they've got more chance of succeeding than they had, they have, like a Paul Merson did at Walsall. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not, it's not going to work that. When you look at all the great managers on the continent, you know, Ancelotti and all them, they didn't go and start at the very bottom. You know, Guardiola went to uh, Barcelona B team. And they yeah. were they were struggling, so he was a rookie, but he was a great player. And you know, I mean, the the the, um, the members aren't there at those football clubs, Real Madrid, yeah, and uh, yes. you know. Yeah. So uh, and there was they went to they interviewed uh, or they went over to, to to speak to Jose Mourinho, but Laporte gave it to uh, Guardiola. 
you know, and he was a rookie. So the top players, the top managers in foreign countries, all succeed, nearly them all succeed because they get the top jobs in their countries. Yep. We want we want ours to start at the bottom. What for? I know, it's crazy. What I have, for? I have this debate and argument so many times. You've actually learnt your trade by being a professional footballer for X amount exactly. of years. Gabby, Capello's won everything in football. It's incredible, isn't it? Capello's won everything in football. Yep. Looked a bad manager for England. Yep. Yeah. And yet, he got Gerard and Lampard and all them. Yeah. Looked a bad manager. Ericsson, done well on you in in in, in, on, in Europe. We England, in hell, they look bad managers. Yeah. And then they give it to somebody like Graham Taylor, right? And I tell you, I'll never forget that. Listen, they can put... I, 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 I saw Cristiano Ronaldo going on about on his tomb. So I tell you what they can put on mine. Maggie Thatcher, your boys have had a less, <laughs> lesson tonight. Winston Churchill. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, the wonder why we're laughing stock of Europe us. Yeah. You know, so you've either got it or you haven't at football management. And you've got to be brave because if you, if you show the players that you're fearful of the opposition, the, the players will know it. The players will know it. Experience means nothing. It's whether you're good enough for the job. 100%. And you'll never know until you give the man the job, Gabby. 100%. I remember uh, watching a, a, a video or I was reading somewhere. I, I forget now how I come across it, but it was when um, Spurs played Atletico Madrid in the uh, the European final that, that they won. What was it? 1963, the Cup Winners' Cup final. And uh, the manager, Bill Nicholson, was telling all the Tottenham players how great Real Madrid were. And they were a great team. And he went through the old drill about how brilliant, how brilliant. Watch them. And Danny Blanchflower sat up and he says, look, I'm, I'm looking around my dressing room and I've got Bobby Smith, I've got Jimmy Greaves. And he went through all the team. He says, do you know what? We ain't a bad team ourselves. So? We're Tottenham. We roll our sleeves up. We'll go and fight. And we're going to go out. And we're going to give it them Spaniards. And, you know, they're beating 5-1. And, and, <laughs> and, and the player said it was like it was Danny Blanchflower that won in that game and not the manager. Because and, players yeah, know, Gabby. Exactly. Players know. Exactly. And, and this is my point all the time. Players know because... And what... what what seems to annoy certain supporters, Ray Houghton used to say this an awful lot on TalkSport, but you've never played the game. And and then his co-commentators seem to get a bit wound up with that. I don't. I've played the game to a certain level. I've never played the game to a professional level. Professional players have played the game and know what the game is all about. We don't. We're fans. I, I'm open. I'm open. Yeah. What he means by that. I'm not against anybody what's not played the game. No, I'm exactly. Not. When yeah. I say uh, uh, he's played the game, what I mean by this, yeah, yeah. a player saying to a manager, Gaffer, we know. Listen, we, as a team, we need to know what they do on free kicks. Of course you do. Right? But even if we didn't know, even if we didn't know, what are they going to do? They're either going to put the ball down and take a, a, a quick free kick. Mm. Now, what we don't know, if they've done something what we haven't seen before, right? Then we've got to be switched on. Yeah. But we have to be switched on for corner kicks because we know nine times out of ten they're either going to put it into near post yeah, or they're going to put it in between the centre spot and, and middle of the goal. Yeah. And we've got to 
pick up runners and we've got to go with men and we haven't got to leave men and we haven't got to let men. So we do know, I understand that. What I am what I mean by saying uh, we play a game, is because he can say to the manager, hang on a bit, Gaffer, we know how good they are, yeah. but praise us a little bit. Exactly. You know, because if you said to Jimmy Greaves, you see then, because I did know this, uh, Shankly used to do it because I knew one of the two players, what they used to tell us. And he used to go and say to them, you know, I've just seen them got a foot coach and they're shitting themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, and yeah. you know, you, Ron Yates, yeah. you are twice better than Mike, Malcolm McDonald. Yeah. You know, so he made him believe, not that, you know, we have to be careful of Malcolm McDonald. He's got pace, he's got this, he's got that. You know, give him a chance to score goals. Yeah. At any level, people will score goals if you give them a chance. Exactly. That's what I mean about it. Yep. You know, a player will say to a manager, it's not that you're having to go at him, the manager. Yeah. What are you trying to say? I'm going to pick Gaffer. We know that. But praise us a little bit. Yep. Stop making us be fearful of them before we go out. And that's what I mean about playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. But again, for me, when players have played the game, they have played the game and we haven't. And I remember what you were saying about Bill Shankly when Kevin Keegan played against Bobby Moore. And he said, son... I've just seen Bobby Moore. He looks as yeah. though he's been up all night. He looks as though he's been on the aisle. He looks the worst that I've ever seen Bobby Moore play. And then when Kevin Keegan played well against him, he said, son, you're never going to play against a better player than Bobby Moore. <laughs> he looked a million dollars today. And that's man management. And that's... People, they ex-level exactly. players say that on, 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 on the after dinner yeah. circuits. Exactly. But they'll tell you, it's true, you used to say it. Yeah, he did, yeah. You know, and it, it comes across funny yeah. and we, we do laugh at it. But yeah. he did, you to say about it when I was playing at Southampton uh, I'd left Liverpool right but yeah. it, it, but many invited him into our dressing rooms and he'd come in and it's a give me team talk yeah. Bill he said I've been and I've been watching them boys get off the bus there lads and they are petrified of you you know yeah he would, he would say things like that yeah exactly. you know and you'd, and you'd smile at it and you'd think honestly all the worries would go yeah all the worries would go because in the dressing room, I'll let you all know, there is people want to put the socks on last. Yeah. There's people putting the hands down the throat to make them sick, going into toilets. Yeah. There's people get the Vic. They used to get Vic, get a lump of Vic, put it down the throat and swallow it. Yeah. You know, people go and sit in a hot bath. Yeah. You know, I couldn't be in the dressing room because he used to drive me around and twist. <laughs> but having said that, I, I was more interested in watching quarter three race and watching someone else be sick in the dressing room. <laughs> You know, but I mean, that's a true story. I mean, I played at all and uh, I, was, I was playing for Huddersfield Town and uh, there were a Norse called uh, Pebbles and uh, one of the lads from Village, Fatman, brilliant, everybody loves him, Fatman, always got a smile on his on, on, on his face uh, and uh, God rest his soul, he's passed away now, Fatman, yeah. but uh, I got him some tickets, uh, him, Dennis, his brother, uh, Kev Kelly, there, Joey, uh, and because the, they're all big Goodersfield Town fans. Anyway, I got us some tickets, but I was on bus at twenty to three, watching. Uh, we didn't do that television, but I was listening to the radio. I'd back to North Court, uh, Pebbles, and uh, Steve Cawthon rode it. Sheikh uh, Mohammed's horse. Anyway, there's a bang on on the door. It's fat man. He's laughing his head off. He says, "As I got radio uh, radio uh, on, I said, yeah, he said, I'm listening to this race.' He said, "I back Pebbles as I have, so they come on bus." Come on, bus. Who comes on bus then? Mick Buxton. And he says to me, he said, uh, we've got a match. It's nearly quarter three. What are you doing on bus? 
I said, I'm listening to this race, boss. I've just backed Pebbles, me and Fat Man. <laughs> Fat Man just couldn't stop laughing. But this is the quarter three, you know. Yeah. Because I didn't want to be in dressing room. Not, well, I didn't want to be in dressing room because of that. But, I mean, I'd suddenly watch a horse race and be in a dressing room. Do you know what I mean? But uh, that's what a dressing room's like. Yeah. People go and sit in a bath, you know. I mean, they go out now because they all go out to, to train in a warm-up. Yeah. But you'll still get them. What, somebody will want to put the shorts on last Somebody will not put a shirt on until they get into the uh, tunnel. Some of them will, will, will try to make themselves six before the game. Some of them, you know, I don't know if they do that now, but in my day, that's what they used to do, yeah. players. And, you know, that's an insight into a dressing room before a game. Exactly. And, 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 and again, it's only being involved in that environment that you understand that environment. I remember Brian Little telling me about the dressing room at Villa Park when he was like 16-year-old kid. He said he used to have a chuckle. There were like different groups in there lighting up fags, telling jokes. And he said he learned so much from the dressing room. And, and, and that dressing room area, I think is another, I think it'd be a great book there, The Tales of a Dressing Room. I think there's yeah. some brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant stories, aren't there? Well, I mean... Robbo become absolutely a great, great player at Nottingham Forest. Yeah. But he'd been there. Yeah, he had, yeah. For, 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 for a while. Yeah. And they were playing him in midfield. They played him out wide. Mm. Uh, played him back into midfield. And when I got there, uh, regardless of what anybody says, Brain Clough weren't over keen of uh, uh, Robbo. Yeah. You know, he used to call him the scruffy because Robbo had always got a pair of hush puppies on. And he weren't the best dresser. Great kid. Great kid. But he, he'll tell you, he weren't fashion conscious. It weren't Robbo. Um, but when we set off, we set off like an house on fire that season. They got promoted, yeah, promotion uh, or promoted. Um, and he's playing out of his skin. And Robbo, after time, would go in, get a cig because he wears long sleeve shirt, took a cig under his shirt, then going to the toilet, you know, uh, and sit in the toilet and have a fag, yeah, you know. And then Cluffy would turn around and say, was that fat little bastard gum? <laughs> you know, for a sig. You know, uh, but then he, you know, he said. Then he did, once Robbo started to play well, and then Cluffy really started to 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 to, to like him. Yeah. He did ask him questions. You know about uh, what do you think the game had happened today? What was happening in the game? He said, "Don't worry about it. We've got a little fat lad on the left wing. It'll destroy you." You know, the tails in the dressing room. That's what everybody misses. Players. Yeah, exactly. I don't miss football. Yeah. I miss the dressing room, the banter with the lads. Yeah. You know, when when all the lads say they miss football, there is there is players what do miss football, but majority majority of them miss the banter in the dressing room. But that's how Cluffy was as well, wasn't he? Because I remember doing a bit of stuff with Davy Langan, and he never called him Davy. He always used to call him the Irishman. Well, I don't know why he did that because he always used to call everybody by the first name. Oh, right. Okay. You know, and then when he found when I signed for him. Yeah. And uh, and because uh, my name is Edward, it, it, it yeah, is yeah. Ted, really. Yeah. yeah. When I signed, and I put it all, I'd had eaten papers for eight, for ages about it. I said, my name's not Terry, it's Ted, Teddy, you know. So he used to call me Edward. Yeah. But even then, he's finished up calling me Terry, <laughs> you know. So that's how it stuck. That's how it stuck. But uh, th- listen, the stories, what in them dressing rooms? You know, I mean, when I wrote my book, I just wrote about my yeah. life as uh, as getting into football. Yeah. I never wrote about the tales of what really happened in football. I mean, there's some tales I could tell you what happened in football, but people are dying. 
<laughs> but I think it's that, a great life. I will say that it's a fabulous life. Again, I think there is another book in there. There's, I mean, there's there's books. Odie's writing books. He's always writing. He, I mean, as soon as he wakes up and he gets on his bike and he's out of bed and he, he's putting on Jack Jones or Frank Sinatra and he's he's there writing. And between you two, you have got so many tales. I think going forward, the tales of two mavericks. I think there's there's a lot of uh, there's some legs in that and putting a little bit of the music. We've got Jimmy Coburn that plays us in with uh, Dream Forever. And uh, tonight we're going to go out with, with one of my favourite artists, Kelly Finnegan, since you're... I can't even remember. I can't even remember the damn song. But... Uh, <laughs> But um, we're getting old, Gabby. Oh, I tell you, honestly, well, I am anyway. Yeah, since I don't have you anymore, it's called. <laughs> it's on the Coleman record label. They're a brilliant record label in Ohio, and that's how I get involved through social media and look up things and interact with people. Because in the old days, we used to have radio and we used to have proper media, but for me, it's all controlled now. So I find all my own stuff. Yeah. But um, I do like this um, this artist, and please forgive me, Kelly. He since I don't have you anymore, that's second time. That's, I've repeated that. And um, uh, the tales that people tell. It's it's an album. It's his uh, it's his first. It's his debut album. But there are just so many talented people out there. So I think between everything and between all of us, I think we could put on one hell of a show. There's, and, there's, and, there's and, a lot of talented people. What's not even made it? Absolutely. Have been bypassed. There is a lot of talent out there. No, absolutely. I think things are set up. Like Woody will always say when, when he was given his first England cap, he was given the first England cap to fail. And I think so many kids these days, it's the system is set up for them to fail. When that manager doesn't speed. like you exactly. or doesn't want you, yeah. make no mistake, mate. that is a fact. Yeah, I'll tell tells. everybody that is a fact. They did the same with Charlie George. Yep. And that was a crime. I mean, that was a crime what they did with Udi and, and Charlie. I think Udi played two games and Char- Charlie George 60 minutes. Yeah. Diabolical. I think Stan Ball's got about six or seven games. Same as Frank Worthington. It, 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 you know, they're risk takers. Yeah. They don't want risk takers. No. They want people what they think they can call reliable. Oh, if isn't reliable, that's reliable to get beat. Hundred percent, totally agree. And finally, tell because we, we we started this podcast on podcast yeah. two. I know you're going to come from now. I, I can't help being. Listen, I've always been good at picking things. Go on. You four, you four one up, mate. You're absolutely <laughs> killing. Well, say it again. I didn't hear it. You four one up. You're absolutely four one. I didn't realise I was four one up. Sorry. Go on. You four. <laughs> TC4, Gabby 1. I'm having an absolute <laughs> mare. The, the five games this week, because um, Sheffield Wednesday are playing Fulham, as people that do follow the podcast, Fulham are my prediction to win the league. Yeah. Um, and, and your team is Leeds that are sitting at the top of the table. So we've got Everton versus Sheffield United. Everton win. OK, we've got Birmingham versus Preston. They are playing well, that Preston. I'm yeah, going to go are. for a draw. OK. Draw. So, put you down for a draw there. We've got Arsenal versus Aston Villa. I'm going to go for an upset here. Aston Villa. Yep, I think you could be right there, because Arsenal do let you in. The game of the day, um, 
And I don't mean it, it's the best team, it's the best players, but it's Leeds United versus Derby. And we've talked a lot about Brian, and we always do talk about Brian, God rest his soul. And Leeds and Derby in the day was one of the biggest rivalries in football. So they're going head-to-head um, this weekend, although it's in the Championship and not the Premier League. So what's your forecast for that game? Well, obviously, I would like to see Derby win because it's one of my old teams. But yep. uh, like you say, I've gone for uh, Leeds to uh, win the championship. Um, I'm a very big admirer of Bielsa's. And I do like uh, Philippe Coco at uh, Derby. And I think he'll get it right, you know, uh, given time there. But I'm going to go for a Leeds win. OK. And finally, your club, Sheffield Wednesday, against my tip for the championship Fulham well there's only going to be one result there this weekend <laughs> we beat Huddersfield last week you know it's going to be more convincing this week so I'm going to go for a Sheffield Wednesday win right well what I'm going to say everybody now is TC will either be 5-1 up or I'm going to pull it back to 4-2 because I'm going to agree with you there with with, uh, with Everton Birmingham City never do what I expect them to do so I'm going to go for a Birmingham City win because I think they're going to draw. So I'm going to go Birmingham win. Arsenal versus Villa, I'm going to go for a draw. Leeds and Derby, I'm going to go for a draw. And Sheffield Wednesday and Fulham, I'm going to go with Fulham to beat your boys. So I think you're probably... You know Gabby? You, you're just remind, up, you, you? You, just, you just remind me of some football managers I played under. <laughs> you know, always sitting on the fence. <laughs> And by the way, if, we do it choose, if we're going to do this Tuesday next week, yes, we we'll have to make it Wednesday Tuesday. like again last two okay. weeks because yep. I'm going to watch uh, Wednesday and Everton uh, next Tuesday. Is that the cup game? Yes, yes. Are you going to be star of the day? Are you going to be... Yes, I've been invited yeah, down, but I'm going to see my uh, boyhood team, the team I love, beat uh, another team who I play for Everton. And we are going to uh, knock Everton out of the... Uh, Carabao Cup next week. And it should be a live game because, you know, all joking apart, the two great teams, oh. Sheffield Wednesday and Everton, also uh, FA Cup final 1966. Yes, that's when I started supporting uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Jimmy Calliog was my favourite Sheffield Wednesday player yep. of all time. I mean, we've had some great players down there. We have had some fantastic players down there, you know, but uh, Jimmy Calliog was my favourite player. Can you hear my phone going off? I think it's my wife downstairs saying, your hour's up, your dinner's <laughs> on the table, and if you don't get your backside down there, Paul, within 30 seconds, it's going in the dog. Having said right. that, I haven't got a dog. I've got two cats. They're probably going to share it. So Go and enjoy your tea. So tea Have sleep. a great weekend, pair of you and family. Uh, and I, let's hope that both our teams win this weekend. As always, love to you and yours. Let's hope we're both singing the blues and we're going to go out with Kelly Finnegan and Since I Don't Have You Anymore. Thanks, Tosa. Thank you, Gabs, and have a good weekend. Cheers, pal. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.